Welcome to a Thursday episode of the Weekend Wire. Um, today, Aro and I are going to go through our NBA early season six pack. Um, we covered the Harden to the Clippers trade last time, hit on a couple teams that have impressed us so far, um, and some that haven't. And today, we're pretty much going all positive, besides maybe one team that we'll get to a little later. Um, but we wanted to spend the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. We'll see what this ends up being on the Sixers. Um, they are now six and one. They have the best record in the East coming off of a win at home versus the Celtics last night, a game that they were in control of pretty much the whole way until the very end. They let the Celtics get back into it, um, but made some plays at the end and were able to um, stave them off. So we'll start with the game itself. Um the two teams started out a combined one for 17 from three. I think Boston was one for nine. Philly was 0 of eight until Pritchard finally hit one. Um, Pritchard, who's been just super erratic this season, and it's something that I've seen a lot of Celtics fans complaining about. He's kind of just gunning. He's not really organizing an offense for their second unit, um, and they don't uh, they don't have quite the guard depth behind Drew anymore. Um so maybe that's something they they fix going forward. But he's been someone that, you know, a lot of people are expecting big things from when they've rested guys in the past. He's come out and have the big scoring nights before. And he was he was honestly pretty good in the 2022 playoffs the year that they made the finals. But um, he's been erratic so far. Um, and, you know, for, for Boston, immediately you could tell – going up against Embiid, a matchup that we've seen so many times, given them they're in the same division. We've seen them in the playoffs, um, I think, three times in this iteration of the of the team with Embiid now. So um they gave up they gave up some some of their physicality um in that in that trade, the trades that they made this offseason um to get Drew, you know, they they gave up uh Rob Williams, who's on the piss who was on the uh Blazers now. Um, they gave up. Uh, Will, Grant Williams is signed with the Mavericks. So those were two big bodies that you kind of seen have guarded and beat at times. And last night with Porzingis, it was just um, immediately he was kind of bodying him. And that's not something that we've seen the Celtics allow in the past. And um, they even went so far as to put a holiday on him early. But that's something that they did with Towns in the in the Wolves game. We'll talk about a little bit later when we get to the Wolves. But um when Horford does come in and Horford's really old now, um, he's going to, he's going to see that, that Embiid matchup, a matchup that he's done very well um, in. And he's, he's done very, very well against Giannis in the past as well, but um, you know, they don't really have that option. So if it is Porzingis, I think that's something to watch for in a playoff matchup. If, if, if the fouls are kind of racking up, they don't have Grant to go to and they don't have uh, you know, I don't think Drew is the solution. I think maybe you could put Drew on town. So he does not do a badge, but yeah, it's like the it's not like, effective. Yeah, I feel like in a playoff setting, Embiid is just going to body that and be able to shoot over the top. Whereas Towns maybe isn't as aggressive, but ideally both of those guys should be able to handle that. Um, and you know what what you've noticed from from Philly so far is that the the offense is just flowing a lot better. I think Ubre has been a big unheralded part of that. He's he's been able to space the floor really well for them. Um, and we've seen him kind of in systems where he hasn't fit in the past, uh, the, the golden state year. And I think 2021 when it was just Steph kind of running everything and he was, he was having to, to shoot a ton of threes a game just to keep them in it. And Ubre was definitely a bad fit for that. But, 
Um, he said, he said before the season, like, this is de- definitely like the best team he's been, he's been a part of in his career. So he's sort of bought into the, to the, I mean, you can't really say that it's like a, I don't know if you could say it's like a winning culture in Philly, given, given how they've come up short um, time and time again with Embiid. But, you know, I think he's, the point is he's saying that this is the best, the team that he feels like has the best chance to contend in his career. Um, this is something we talked about before with Maxi. Maxi's been pushing the pace um, left and right, like just trying to get them, get them into their offense a little quicker than maybe we're having with Harden where Harden's kind of walking up the floor and maybe your, your sets being run it with 16 seconds on the shot clock with Maxi, maybe it's being around the 20. So, and that can make a big difference when, when your passing is flying around and you're turning good shots into better ones. So um, in that wizards game earlier in the week, Embiid, they put up, a, I think they put up 150 on the wizards and beat had like 48 and 29 in the third quarter. And they just, obviously the wizards are not the most, defensively adept team but they just kept throwing him the ball in the high post over and over and over again he was super comfortable making decisions making jumpers um so i think that that stood out he's been a better playmaker um so far and then and then melton has really helped him as well um he was a guy that you know really could probably help out the grizzlies right now who who are one in seven and have been struggling and are just kind of looking for anything so uh they got him over last year but um you know, they just have a lot of a lot of smart players, and you bring along um, Batum in the trade, who hasn't who hasn't done a lot for them so far. Um, but he's someone that you're going to see be able to space the floor and add some defense. But um, what 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 has stood out to you um, besides besides the stuff I mentioned? Um, well, yeah, I was kind of going to go back to like, just kind of branching off the point about Maxi. Like, it feels like the team as a whole is just trying to play a lot faster. Um, they're kind of running, um, sometimes off live turnover or live uh, rebounds, but definitely off turnovers. Like they're trying to score faster in the shot clock. And and that's really what stood out to me on the offensive end yesterday. And then the big thing that I, I kind of took away from that game is just how many big like wings this team has and how many like big even like combo guards they have you bring in Batum who is sort of an underrated piece and kind of gives you a little bit of offense and defense Rocco is back he's been great um and then obviously you got a guy like Beverly who's you know really active defensively and then I mean Ubre is kind of an underrated piece defensively I kind of got to see it I think back in 2020 um he's one of the league leaders in steals I think but he, he just has really really quick hands um, and so you're getting a lot of like deflections, you're kind of causing problems for, for whatever offense, um, is out there. And Boston definitely had, um, times where, where they were struggling to figure that out. I think they did sort of, uh, start to figure it out a little bit more when they started to play with a little bit more pace at the end of that game yesterday night. But, you know, it really felt like in the half court, um, Philly's defense is just rock solid. And I, mean, I haven't even mentioned the fact that Embiid is still, there he's still defense player of the year candidate year in year out um and you kind of have that behind now perimeter group that is probably one of the best in the league um at least from what i've seen so far this season i mean even maxi's kind of holding his own and that might be sort of the weak link at this point on the defensive end um but yeah that's been probably the most impressive part and that kind of gives me the most hope about that team going into the into the playoffs and and really throughout the regular season is if their defense can kind of stay as good as it has been to start the season um they're the i believe fourth best um 
half-court defensive team in the league right now. That's per cleaning the glass. Um, they're, I think, overall defense is top five right now in the league, sixth um, in defensive rating. So, I mean, like, that is going to be huge for them. If this is a team that could potentially have a top five defense and offense at the end of the year, um, and that's kind of the, the marker that we at least look for in terms of, uh, you know, kind of trying to pick out some of the contenders. Um, Maxi on offense as a whole, like outside of the transition stuff, he's just unbelievable. Like he gets in a lane and like he has this little floater thing that he does that like it's just hitting. Um, it seems like from everywhere, it doesn't matter who's in there. And like, obviously, you know, Boston doesn't have the huge shot blocking threat that Rob posed last year. Um, but you still have, you know, Porzingis in there, uh, Horford minutes, whatever it is. And I mean, like he was just kind of finishing over everybody really comfortably inside and that was probably the most impressive thing to me um is like if you have that going that just all of a sudden opens up so much and especially like it kind of takes out you can't double and beat anymore really um kind of goes out to maxi and he's either stepping into a three which his range is now like he's comfortable shooting it pretty much from anywhere it feels like um and if you try to close out too fast like he's just going to get by you and i mean he's already fast enough as it is finishing package that he's kind of put together and like perfected over the last few years like it's just such a problem um for any team to deal with defensively also like tobias harris contract year i believe for him yes. is that right um i think i did see a tweet earlier <laughs> contract year tobias harris uh, plays a little different and uh, it's definitely kind of kicking into gear right now it feels like um but they just have a lot of a lot of good pieces you know a lot of like you're saying just smart basketball players down the line um guys that you know maybe can't necessarily create their own shot all the time but i mean like if you have like an Ubre and uh tobias that is able to create their own shot on top of some of the shooting that they have around them um it's just i mean it's a good recipe for that team and you know nick nurse defensive mastermind we'll call him um he's always kind of you know gonna have something for you and uh, I think it's it's combined with a really, really good roster that they've been able to put together. Um, and honestly, like, now I'm looking back on that Clippers trade and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, they, they did okay for themselves, you know? Like, they got the pieces that they needed to to, to stay competitive this year. And, like, it's Rocco and Batum are kind of guys that fly under the radar, but, like, they, they're going get to get it done for you, right? You know, we've seen kind of that mold, right? Iguodala in past years, P.J. Tucker, Crowder. Um, it's those type of players that end up kind of making the difference in some of those tight series against a Milwaukee in the second round, against a Boston in the second round. Um, and it definitely feels like they have more of that this year um, than they have had in past years. Yeah. And uh, what you said about Maxi, like him being just too quick for some of these defenders now, um, he's kind of reaching that level yeah. of uh, where, you know, Derek White is, is thought of someone that, that, um, can defend can defend guards super well, but and he's a little more physical. But Maxi's just going to be too quick for those guys. And and you know if you kind of run out, you run out of answers really quick when someone is is that fast with the ball. Um, and I think yeah, I think the defense yeah, if they're able to if they're able to do top five both, that's that's a clear mark of a clear mark of a contender. Even top ten in both means you're doing something really well. So um, the credit for the defense probably goes to nurse and yeah, the big wings that they had is definitely something, the big wings that they have now is definitely something that they haven't had. Um, and it's, it's going to help them specifically in this matchup versus Boston. So um, in the past, it's kind of been, it's kind of been like, Oh, indeed is, is something that Boston doesn't have, but Philly doesn't have the wings to stop those two guys. And um, obviously Tatum's going to get his, he's at the level now where it doesn't really matter what you do with him, but you know, against guys like Jalen Brown, like that's really going to help. Um, having Batum and, and Covington as options out there. But um, 
the defense, the credit for that probably goes to Nurse. Um, I think on the Boston side of things, like watching this game last night, they, the guys who like are doing the dirty work are kind of on the Philly side now. Um, like they, they sort of miss, they miss Marcus smart and they miss Grant Williams getting these offensive rebounds and these crazy deflections and all these plays, like, like none of that stuff that really could have helped them actually win that game the last couple of minutes last night. Um, that I think, I think when, when we saw Philly lose that lead, it was kind of like, oh boy, here we go again. Like they're going to blow this, but it didn't happen. And I think, I think the Celtics, yeah, they, they, they made some signings. They have, um, they have Lamar Stevens who hasn't really played for them at all. Um, that, that fans are kind of calling for some minutes for, like, I don't think that's the answer. Um, they, they, they obviously gave up some to make these moves for, for Drew and Porzingis, but, um, yeah, I mean Philly has it rolling, and the the drama is gone with Harden. So, um, and if Embiid's happy, they're happy. So as long as they keep winning, um, I don't see any reason why this can't continue. And Max Maxi just seems like he's he's happy go lucky, and it's not going to cause any problems. And they've they've got it seems like they've got more like professionals on this team in, in Batum and Covington than than they have in the past. So it's it's looked really good. Um, I I, I want to see them match up against some of these other. Uh, top contenders in the East. Um, yeah. As the season goes on, like see how they fare with, you know, Cleveland, see how they fare with Milwaukee, but um, it's, it's, it's been really encouraging. Cleveland's the matchup that I'm really curious about. Yeah. Cleveland and New York, to be honest with you, because I feel like they might have more trouble with those teams than they're going to have with Boston this year. Yeah. Like Cleveland has the guards that, you know, Philly doesn't, they might not have like Cleveland's got a similar thing in Mitchell where like he, he's going to be too quick maybe for, um yeah. for some of the guard, the guard defenders that Philly has. And then the New York, like the physicality is just something that they, that they always have. And they have the, Here's me, man. Yeah. On the wings to, to throw it, to throw and tr- sort of match those guys. And obviously Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell Robinson, I know we, uh, I, we were, I was not singing his praises last time, but um, we get to Wimby last night and he, he really shut him down and um, is, is someone who's just, you know, at least, at least defensively is going to always, always be a presence. So um, yeah, I think, I think a Philly New York matchup would be, would be particularly awesome um, if we get that in the playoffs, but um, moving on to the, to the Wolves who uh, also beat the Celtics this week um, in, in another close game. up on him. <laughs> yeah, it went to OT. So um, they are currently the number one defense in the league by a lot. Um, they have yeah. they've lost Nuggets, um, and they kind of blew out the Nuggets last week. Uh, in overtime of the Celtics game, it was Anthony Edwards just blowing up Jason Tatum isolations. Um, like Tatum was losing the ball. Um, Edwards, he had like five fouls throughout the, most of the first, the fourth quarter um, in overtime. So he was, he was still being really aggressive on defense. And then some of the shots he was making, like he was taking these step back two pointers off the glass, like banking them in, like just the stuff that you don't really see, especially from a guy who's like that, that athletic and that, and that stocky sort of. So, um, and, you know, cat, like, the offense has looked a little better between Cat and Gobert. You're like not really calling for the staggering. And, um, you know, I got to shout out our guy, Nas Reed, who's had a really good start to the season. Um, so, it wouldn't be a podcast without Nas so, Reed yeah. shout out. Um, so, you know, if a cat trade does happen, which is still, you know, totally in the in the winds, you're going to see more opportunity for him. Um, Conley is someone, he's at the age where, um, 
you know, he has his good nights and he has his bad nights, but he's, he's definitely like, he's playing the sort of Chris Paul role in, in, in golden state right now for the wolves where um, he's running with the bench units. He's limiting the mistakes and setting the, setting the, the guys on the bench up for looks like whether it's Reed or uh, sometimes McDaniels plays with the second unit, people like that. So um, they've looked really solid defensively. Um, and then uh, McDaniels, defending Jalen Brown um was everywhere. Um and he's he's kind of his like numbers on Luca are like better than anyone in the league. Um he's just someone who's yeah. who's really lengthy and talented and then can't say enough about Edwards with how athletic it, how athletic he is, but he still has the touch to to finish some of those some of those shots and some of the stuff at the rim. Um and then you've got you've got Gobert sort of being able to match up with with these seven footers that that a lot of teams have now. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been so impressive. And, and like you're saying, yeah, the Gobert and Cat uh, stuff seems to have kind of resolved itself over the offseason. Um, it's funny because I, I guess I was so high on them right after they made the trade last year. And I guess I just needed to wait an extra year for them to kind of gel and then click together. Uh, but this really does feel like um, kind of what they envisioned with that trade coming together here. And, and you know, number one defense, I think, is uh, – probably the biggest marker for that that's the kind of the team that they've assembled we've been really high on mcdaniels for since last year and um it feels like that team top to bottom is just so solid defensively and uh, i think they added conley was an addition this offseason right he was last year he was last year too yeah yeah but i mean he's been playing i guess much better this year too um, cause I mean, like just numbers wise, it feels like they've kind of been able to sort out, uh, who they need to get on the, on the court and it's just been working, uh, so well for them so far, but, uh, yeah, this seems a scary matchup for a lot of teams in the West, man. Like they, again, Denver, we've talked about it. They're probably the scariest matchup for Denver in the West, but that combination of size and I mean, like, how are you going to end up really, really elite wing defenders? Um, it just makes it a matchup night. So they yeah. might be the dark horse. Yeah. They they're definitely a team that can that can rack up wins in the regular season. Given given how much Ant's probably going to play, it's not going to be someone who's who's really load managing. And um, you know, for as much time as Cat missed last year, that's that's kind of an aberration. He's not someone who misses a lot of games. And same goes with Gobert. So uh, those three, they give you a really you know, even even just Ant and Gobert give you a pretty high floor um, on defense, and you know the fact that they were able to beat uh, both of the teams that that people that are probably the two most popular championship picks um, to the uh, That's two teams that we shouted out last week as well. Yeah, so yeah. far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, so, um, I think that's been really impressive, and uh, they've got a great coach and Chris Finch. Watch out for him for coach of the year if this continues. Um, you know that that division race could be really fun uh, the northwest between okc uh denver and the wolves especially because jamal murray looks like he's gonna miss um he's not gonna be playing until december now so um there could be some could be a tight race at the end to, to monitor there um is that worrying okay. too that jamal's missing time this early um no because it's a hamstring right yeah, those things stick around though right like I kind of saw it with Booker, so that's why I was just like, I don't know. 
Well, I Booker, love hearing that. Booker is a whole other level. He's like they change they change what injury Booker has every day. It's like calf foot. Yeah, yeah. Calf foot. <laughs> His entire leg. There's yeah. It's like both <laughs> legs. So I don't know what's what's going on with that. It's I mean it's a little concerning. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. <laughs> but like he was able to like Murray was able to rehab so fast and like get back to himself after That's the ACL. That's true. That like. If this happened, if this was happening to like Kawhi or like Middleton, who really hasn't been the same guy like since, um, yeah. he never be yeah. like I, I, for him, it's like kind of put up or shut up now. Like he is like really concerning. Um, he's like averaging like nine points a game this season or something. That's um, bad, dude. So he, he's fallen off the face of the earth. But I think, I think Murray, given like what you know, how, how, how he's been able to withstand this stuff in the past. I'm not really worried about it. And I think a month, like, I think they're being cautious with it because they know that Jokic kind of raises their floor yeah. so much that they can rack up wins anyway. They were able to to beat the next team that we're going to talk about um, in a tight one last night, um, even without even without Murray. So, um, you know, Denver's not – they just – they don't lose to bad teams, it seems like. Like, they just beat up yeah. bad teams and um, – and I think for them, it could be a blessing in disguise in a way because you have um, Strother and you have Peyton Watson and Christian Braun. They get a little playing time. Yeah. Some more playing time, getting some more, you know, situations that they might not be in if, if Murray's out there. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. That's that's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I saw, yeah, like hamstring and missing a month is early. Like it's lingering. Lot. It's definitely something that can linger, but he, you know, he's younger. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're the champs. We've seen him do it before. Um, yeah. Okay. To the Warriors who lost a close one in Denver last night. Um, they, the CP3 edition has worked out pretty well. I'd say um, they, they're able to, he's able to run that second unit and give shots to Saric um, and, you know, lobbing to Kaminga, lobbing to Gary Payton, um, just really minimizing their turnovers. And this is a team that, like, even in the, like, early 2016, the, the KD years, they were always turning it over left and right. So with an offense as good as theirs can theirs can be, like, like they put up 143 against the the uh, Thunder in that win that they had in the, play, the in-season tournament game, like, that's not really a number that we've like seen from them since the KD days. Like, like that's, that yeah. was really impressive um, to be able to keep up with a, with a young team like that. Who's, who's going to push the pace constantly with SGA. Um, but like the, the offense, the level that the offense is getting to now where it's almost like, it's like the other side of the Knicks thing where they're, they're not turning it over and it really helps their offense, but you have CP three, just like limiting his mistakes. I think, I don't know, this wasn't updated for last night, but I did see something where it was like, his assist to turnover ratio this season was 26 to two um, plus whatever last yes. night. Was. But, um, so yeah. he's super, super efficient with the ball. Um, the team obviously has better chemistry without pool. Um, and the offense hasn't suffered at all. Um, the, the, the downside for them is with Wiggins, who's been horrible on both ends. He's shooting like 19%. Didn't he fall out of the closing lineup too? Yeah. For a yeah, couple games at least. he's not been afraid to bench him. Um, you would think yeah. that you know, given, know. you know, he was so he was like the second best player in the 2022 finals on either team. Like you would think that he would have some some more equity with that. But you know, Kerr's been 
Kerr's been like, no, I'll throw in Gary Payton. I'll throw in Chris Paul. I'll throw in Kaminga. Um, and I think Kaminga has really benefited from having the guard play of Steph and Chris Paul pretty much all the time. Um, you know, Clay is always going to be super up and down at this point in his career, but um, Steph is just 30 a game every night, no matter what. Yeah, Steph just keeps on keeps on doing it. Um, there's just been no drop off there uh, for the last few years. But yeah, I mean the Chris Paul addition's just been kind of huge for them. And I I don't think I really bought into that before the season, and it's definitely like kind of surprised me. I thought their offense would definitely take a dip, and like we know he likes to play a little bit slower than maybe the Warriors like to play. But um, if anything, yeah, like you're saying, like it might be kind of a blessing in disguise just to like slow them down a little bit, calm them down, especially at, at this point in Steph and Clay's careers. I think it, it might be a little bit better for them to play a, a little bit more set um, and kind of have Chris Paul kind of guiding them through that. But yeah, this team, it's been, I mean, I think they're six and three to start the season. Uh, it's felt a little bit more up and down than that. Um, to be honest with you, but uh, definitely like all, like mostly positive signs. And I mean, I think all three of their losses, yeah, Cleveland, Denver, and Phoenix, um, there's really no shame in any of the three losses so far. Yeah. So they've been kind of they taking care of business. Coin flip games, Clay had the game winner against Sacramento, and then Steph had the the layup that Draymond tipped in that somehow wasn't basket interference in the OKC game. But um, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think I think it's a wash when you consider how close the game was in Denver last night and some of those other losses that they've had. Yeah, I mean they're they're really close against Phoenix opening night too. So it really yeah. They're gonna be a threat, should be comfortably um getting these regular season wins at least. So I was I was a little bit worried about whether or not they might have like a bit of a slow start and kinda of have to scramble to get on the plan, but it feels like they uh haven't really had any of that and haven't really skipped a beat. Um even with Draymond couple of games as well here and there, I think. So. Yeah, Draymond's missed a couple, like, two or so games. He wasn't playing last night. But, yeah, I mean, about them, I, with them, it's, like, with the injury stuff, if you can avoid Steph going out for, for a while. And, um, they should be fine. Yeah. They're such a well-oiled machine by now that um, they're going to – like, they're so good in close games, too, that that's going to lead itself to a lot of wins based on all the yeah. shooting out. Uh, okay, on to a team that is bad. Well, I, I do want to ask, before you move on, like, where, where are they with Clay now? Like, is that, like, because I know, like you said, he had the game winner, but, like, he's had kind of a rough start to the season. Do, we, do they just, like, is that just a wash? Is it kind of expected for him at this point? I think it's kind of expected. I mean, he wasn't very good in the playoffs last year. Um, and yeah. Like, in that Lakers series, he kind of tailed off, but. Um, he's in a contract year, too. So, like, you do you try and get rid of that expiring i mean i think i think it might be like the, the thing with him is like if you're if you're getting rid of clay like you're kind of waving the white flag on what this is to me that's true and that's true like sure you can reinvent yourself but like how many teams is clay going to that you're going to get like there's no asset that you can get back that's kind of like clay you know um yeah Part of what makes him so great is that having Steph and Clay out there all the time, it just it just makes the defense panic. So for them to get rid of Clay, I think like he would have to be like even he would have to be like Middleton level of bad for the Bucks right now. Like he would have to be like yeah. really, really bad and and slow. Um, you know, he's had his major injuries too. Um so 
I think it's going to have to get a lot worse for them to consider doing that. And yeah, his contract is crazy. I mean, they, they go into luxury tax. They're kind of like Balmer where they just don't really care. Um, yeah. His contract's wild, but... Um, That's a lot of money, yeah. You see those numbers, it's only going to go up. I think Cat's going to be making like $70 million in a couple of years. So you just have yeah. to... Kind of, every time you see those numbers, you kind of have to remind yourself. Like when I saw the Desmond Bain extension, I kind of freaked out that... Um, like you have to, you really have to like keep in mind that like yes, in a couple of years this is all going to be normal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Wiggins is kind of the more interesting conversation for that because he's not someone right, who's like been, you move on from trenches yeah. with them for super long. So, um, you know, they've been trying to do this two this two eras thing um, between between the old guard of Steph Clay and Draymond and and the new guys with Kaminga and and Moody, but um, you know, if, if Wiggins continues to play like this, maybe you do try to try to get some picks in next year's draft to to add some add some health. They they do have that Brandon Podsmidski guy. Um, I definitely didn't pronounce that right, but you know he's playing in the second unit for them um, and has looked pretty solid. So um, they're definitely a team that drafts well. Um, yeah, but yeah. like to mess up the core that you have would take so much i think yeah yeah that's valid i thought it was like an interesting interesting piece just because yeah like what would be expiring um being a factor for possibly both i'm not sure if wiggins is also expiring this year but it does bring some interesting trade deadline considerations for them because i don't know if they trust this team to, to go well, it's like as long on. as they keep winning right like you know if they were yeah. three six, i think there'd be a lot more buzz about this but right yeah. you know, that's six and three yeah they're a team that like it's proof of concept um right okay the two and seven pistons um for some reason they i've just watched a decent amount of this team um i i, I don't know why you have <laughs> but a lot of them they play the pelicans so that's part of the reason but like i watched okay. some night, um and then they're always like they're always in close games it seems like um right now they're starting killian hayes over jaden ivy um and marcus sasser who's been really no one good. knows why that's been really good though yeah Killian um, Hayes I mean he was the eighth pick I think in a 2020 draft he yeah shown that he can't really shoot he's the pass first guard but when you're starting him next to Cade it doesn't really make sense to have one of those guys you think you want you want shooting and defense um which Sasser gives you and Ivy at least gives you the shooting um the theory on why they're doing this is because Monty Williams who is the highest paid coach in the league um he wants um to build some a defensive identity with this team and Hayes is the best defender of the three. Um, but I think people are like the fans of the Pistons are like, if we're, if we're trying to lose anyway, like why are we not just going with Ivy who is, you know, we, he's a future. One of us just a better player and he is a better yeah. player. Um you know, this team is interesting to watch. Uh, they have Jalen Dern and Isaiah Stewart starting at the same time, which are huge, two huge uh, bodies in the front court. Like they're both, they're both, sto- they're both like 6'11 and stocky and um, they kind of do the same thing. So they're, they're just grabbing rebounds and getting passes from Cade. So their spacing is kind of weird always um, until, um, 
you know, Joe Harris comes off the bench, who is the guy who's, who's really fell off the face of the earth. Um, and kind of like, I think yeah, I have, what I have no man after the 2021 Nets Bucks series where he just missed all those threes in game six and seven from the Nets. Um, he's kind of broke just, like, not been relevant, um, but he plays a yeah. lot. Um, and I mean, Cade controls everything. He always has the ball in hands, but he turns it over so much. He's leading the league in turnovers. It's like six a game or something like that. Like, um, and what you Nets, expect from a young young guard? Yes, but like you know, he was the number one pick with a pin. Like I, I don't know. Like yeah, I I don't know. I'd still I wouldn't look too much into that just yet. Like if they were genuinely trying season, to win, which is tough. That's um, yeah. That's also like a developmental slowdown. So yeah, and that was that was you know a move they made because they didn't really care what their record was. But um, if you're looking for a positive, a Sark Thompson. Um, he's starting to shoot threes now, and his rebounding is out of this world. Um, when they play, they played in Golden State, and like in the first possession of the game, he like pinned pinned a Wiggins layup off the backboard, and like came down with the rebound and passed it out before he stepped out of bounds. So he he's making plays like that, like off the bench, and he's been really fun. I mean, the Thompson twins in general, I haven't watched. We'll talk about the Rockets in a second, but I haven't watched a ton of them. But like, just their athleticism is like already as good as advertised. Um, and particularly SR in, in Detroit has been, um, really fun. So I, I know you haven't watched much of the Pistons, but the, but the Ivy, Ivy thing is, is, has been interesting to me. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I just found that funny because I saw a lot of Pistons fans complaining about Monty and like his rotations and like why he plays certain players and like, that's a complaint that we had before. So it's kind of like, ah, well, welcome to the club. That. Like, that's yeah. just Monty. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like, we, we had Shamit playing and no one knew why. So, like, it's just yeah. get through it. It's not going to change. So, like, you know, just be ready to see a lot of Killian this year and maybe into the future, too. You know, he might be the first guy off the bench for you next year if he's still there. Even if you don't want it, it's going to happen. So I mean, him being the first guy off the bench isn't, like, a disaster because he can, like – you know, it's he's not a disaster, he's, but when he starts playing 25 minutes a game, it might be. <laughs> he's a past first point guard, so I don't really have a problem with that. But I mean, him just him starting next to K just makes no sense. It's like he doesn't. He needs the he needs the ball in his hand. Yeah. I mean, maybe you trade him. I don't. I don't know. It, it's a team that's kind of they've been in they've been in limbo for a while now. So, um, to another team with a big coaching splash, um, the Rockets, who hired Udoka in the offseason. Uh, they're like, you know, it's, uh, they're bordering on a top 10 defensive team. They've blown out the Lakers twice in the last couple of days. Um, even after LeBron, oh, the first game was sending tape to the league about how he's not getting any calls, uh, which they did after the Boston game last year. And then they had the most free throws by any team by like some crazy margin. I mean, that's um, how you do it. That's just good high IQ basketball gamesmanship. Only if you're the Lakers. You Only if you're the Lakers, but smart. Um, I think they've won three in a row. They really, they really shut down the Kings, who have looked awful without Fox. Um, I considered talking about them, but it's hard to judge them if they don't have Fox. Um, they they were up like I, I didn't know what the final score was, but they were up like ninety-seven to sixty um, in that game at some point. Um, and like with the they Rockets, won by thirty-five. Yeah, like the Rockets, they played in two of these like duplex series that we've seen where like, 
you know, they play the Kings twice in three days with the Lakers twice in three days. Like they've done both, they've done both of those things. So like the, the good thing is like a fan. Um, missing the second Lakers game. They played the, play the Lakers I, once, right? The second one. And the first one was Monday. I'm pretty sure. Nah, because you're thinking about the Heat game. Because he played the Lakers on Monday. Oh, you are right. So they've only played the Lakers once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the game the that they got to complain about. Yeah. They did play the Lakers twice. lost by a point. Yeah. That Miami yeah. Lakers game was ugly as hell at the end, which expected. That's for a different day. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Rockets just blew them out yesterday. The hardest working team in the NBA. Um, so. Uh, brother. Yeah, but when, when you have these duplex series, like you watch one game and you're kind of like, what the hell happened there? And then two days later, if it happens again, you're like, oh, this means something. But if it doesn't, then you're like, oh, this kind of cancels out. Like, because, you know, sometimes a key player will be out for both games or um, sometimes the lineups are the same. And like, they don't like, if we're having a game against like, you know, if you're a team in the East and you play a team in the West, you only play them twice a year, right? Like Cleveland has played OKC now twice already. Um, and if one of those games was in November and the other one was in March, a lot can change between now and then. But if you're getting those games close together, like you can actually learn some stuff from those games, um, which I think, which I think is a good a good thing that the that the league has rolled into the schedules here. Um, but I don't have a ton on the Rockets. Do you have anything? Just say that like they're one of four teams in the NBA right now with the top ten offense and defense. Just kind of top ten like, crazy. Offense, Wasn't it? They have a top ten offense, really. According to cleaning the glass, yeah, they have a top ten offense right now. Eighth or yeah, eighth best offense in the league. Seventh best defense. Uh, best against the spread for people that are interested in in that. Um, no, this is like sneakily like an actually good team um like it's not just a fluke that they completely killed the lakers i was they start off really slow i want to say um so i kind of wrote them off pretty early because yeah they lost their opening three games and like one of them was the magic one of them was the spurs and then the other one was the warriors and like i was starting to get pretty worried uh like van lead had some real bad style lines um but yeah, they've been kind of figuring things out. Sangoon's been really good for them too. Um, yeah. So it just feels like uh, things are kind of coming together over there. And like, obviously, Yudoka had like that reputation as being a great defensive coach. I think people were a little bit maybe unsure about it just because like that Boston team obviously had just an insane roster to do that with. Um, but yeah, I mean, he seems like he's replicating a lot of that success here in Houston. Um, so, uh, yeah, interested to see how they keep on going. Can I say also, like, Singun is at 18, 8, and like seven assists a game, which is like, that's like that Jokic light at this point. So, like, well, it's like just, just watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Singun involves into evolves into Sabonis, who then evolves into Jokic. Like, yeah. That, so he's, he's coming. <laughs> this is year two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's your third. scary, man. Is it your three? Yes. Ah, okay. Oh, no, it's not. Pretty sure it is. Ah, damn it. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. Um, Two years. But, you know, they added some some veterans around them, so it makes sense that he's doing a little better. Um, And, you know, Jalen Green, for 
was great last night for all the all the stuff that we've talked about him. But um, eventually, yeah. we're gonna have the Lakers conversation probably next time if they keep losing. Um, where LeBron's just yeah routinely playing like thirty five minutes a game and Davis is already hurt. Still not good. Yeah, and like what game have they been impressive in? They have one game early on that I was like, oh, okay, wow, like they might be onto something here. Because um, they beat the Suns and then the Suns when it was just KD. They yeah. Uh they, they beat the Magic and they yes. beat the Clippers. Okay. I watched I watched like all yeah, of that Magic. Clippers come back. Yeah. Not impressive. <laughs> Mildly impressed. <laughs> Maybe. They beat the Magic by like one at home. I don't like like a ten point win against a good team before I'm impressed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, the Magic also did beat them like a week later. So yeah, yeah, it was one of the duplex spots. Like they, they, you know, it's a wash. Um. Okay. The yeah. Pacers later. What'd you say? This is all you, man. This is your guy, Halliburton. Oh, yeah, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now they're beating the Bucks by like twenty. Um who are playing without Dame. They put up like 155 on the Spurs and won by 50. Uh, last time we talked, they had just lost the Celtics by 50. Um, they just play fast. Like literally every game, they start out like six of eight from three and they're up like 15 immediately. Um, and if they're not, they lose. But if they are, they're going to win and they're going to put up 140. They have a number one offense in the league by like a lot. Um, they... They just jack up a bunch of threes with with Neesmith and Heald and Halliburton and Matherin. And then, you know, it's Nimhard off the bench. Um, no one's afraid to shoot. Everyone can dribble. Um, and, you know, Halliburton obviously controls everything. And they he plays so fast that teams are like, it's like you're playing, it's like, it's like a much different version of like what the Cavs were the year where like the year before they got Mitchell, where it was Garland, Allen and Mobley. And they were just these towers. And like, you kind of had to adjust to their play style no matter what, like yeah, this Pacers team, like they just come out like every game. it's like, they're putting up 40 in the first quarter, no matter what. And if they do, they get, if they don't somehow they get blown out. But if they do, they're just going to kill you. Um, and, you know, you've got Ultimate Bruce, hit or miss, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You've got Bruce, I mean, but usually they've been hitting so far. Usually, like, Bruce Brown off the bench, yeah. like, is, is, you know, creating threes and shooting well. And Miles Turner is, like, their rim protector and finishing plays off of, the, off of all the, the action that they do with Albert. And then, um, it's kind of weird to see, like, an older coach like Carlisle just be like, go, 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 go. But, um, yeah. And they haven't even played – like, Jairus Walker hasn't played at all yet, who was the seventh pick in the draft. Like, he hasn't even seen the courts. So, if he's able to give them something um, to, to spell Toppin, who's, like, a super athletic guy who can shoot that they got from the Knicks, um, this is the most fun team to watch in the league. Like, it's not even close um, because of just the – it's just breakneck. Like you, it's just you scoring. Game <laughs> to understand like what I'm talking about. Like it, it's it's really just like turn on a Pacers game. You'll, you'll be like, what sport is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're taking like modern basketball to the 
next degree. It's a threes, it's a pace, it's yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, I don't know, like I don't know what their playoff destiny is. This isn't a team that we've seen the playoffs yet. Um, but you know, they've beat the Cavs twice already. Um, they're killing the Bucks right now. So it's gonna be fun no matter who they play. Um, if it's like a clash of styles, like them versus the Knicks, that would be a fun matchup. Like, um, oh my God, that'd be crazy. Yeah, them versus the Heat, that would be really fun to see like what what kind of clash of styles that you can get. And I think I think that's more like in the East. There's like more like chances for matchups like that. Whereas the West, it kind of feels like everyone's like offense first, um, besides maybe the Lakers. So, yeah. yeah. The East definitely has a lot more stylistic diversity. I think yeah. overall, I was gonna say like, is it comparable to what Sacramento was doing last year? Yes, but like they didn't have Sacramento didn't have. Or I guess the Pacers don't have the Sabonis part of it. Yeah, yeah. like Sabonis, like the Pacers, like so much of what Sacramento was doing was like Sabonis running stuff out of the high post. And yeah, they were still playing really fast, but um, it wasn't like, and Sacramento also didn't feel quite as dependent on, as on the shooting as the Pacers do. Um, and I think they had better pieces all around like Barnes and Barnes and Her- Herter are like probably better than, than the guys that the Pacers have at those spots. But yeah, um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe they are Sacramento East, and that would be that would be a big step for them, um, certainly. But uh, it's 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 I can see I can see the comparison. Yeah, that's interesting too. I mean, like I was kind of like tossed out last year's um, like end of regular season stats, and uh, Sacramento finished first on offense, twenty fifth on defense, which is exactly where Indiana's at right now, too. Um, which is like. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, defensive So yeah, um, yeah. That, that's not going to improve. Um, but if you want to see high-scoring games, you've come yeah. to the right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, if they're scoring that many points a game, like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you can survive being in the twenties on defense if you're being up, if you're yeah. a top five offense. So I'd be shocked if they weren't a top five offense to the end of the year. Um, okay, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? Not this week. I think this uh, upcoming week is gonna gonna unveil some some more because there are some teams like you said with the Lakers. Uh, I think the Suns are starting to slowly slip into my worry pool, and uh, we might have to have a little conversation about the Clippers next week because they we do. It looks yeah, rough, last rough night. so far. Yeah. It looked rough against the Nets, who are making four <laughs> starters. It looked bad, but we it said the same. Really bad. Who have picked up so good wins? Um. True. And yeah, I think I think we're, uh, we're I think we're like equally concerned about our teams. Um, yeah, I saw, yeah Zion, but... I saw Zion missed the game last night with personal. Maternity leave, basically. Come on, now, come on. No, I know. <laughs> but when I saw that, work. I didn't know what it was for. So I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> and just Ingram is just. <laughs> we're I mean we're completely dependent on Jordan Hawkins and Matt Ryan right now shooting threes. Oh, man. Yeah, that's bad. Hey, is McCollum out for a little bit too? Oh yeah, McCollum collapsed his, his lung is collapsed for the second time in two years, which <laughs> oh, only happened. To us. It really could. Yeah, that's crazy, man. How is it possible? 
I don't know. I really don't know. That, like, yeah, I've yeah, never even heard that. Yeah. And then next time Brandon Ingram's toe hurts, we'll see him in January. Um, so that's where we're at. It's not even mentioning Zion. So it's just for yeah. first. We, we might have some, <laughs> some reached, long rants next week. Last year with, the, with the injury stuff. And it's it's just gotten worse. Rough. Um, we need our guys. We need our guys. <laughs> I so. know. Uh, I know how that goes. Yep. Same with the Suns. Right. Yep. We're in the same boat. So. Cool.